Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Friday, November 4th. On this date in 1922, King Tut's tomb was discovered in Egypt. On this date in 1979, the Iran hostage crisis began. Militants stormed the U.S. Embassy in Tehran, seizing its occupants. For some of them, it would be the start of 444 days in captivity. And on this date in 1980, Republican Ronald Reagan won the White House, defeating Democrat Jimmy Carter. The hostages in Iran were released about 20 minutes after Reagan completed his inaugural address on January 20th, 1981. Now let's check out your weekend forecast over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. Happy Friday. Meteorologist Stephanie Stein here from Live 5 News. A warmer day once again, not necessarily feeling like fall this afternoon. High temperatures close to 80 in some spots. The slight chance of an afternoon shower, so do keep that in mind if you're out and about for the second half of the day. Tonight, warmer temperatures in the 60s for overnight lows, and we stay warm into the weekend. Highs in the low 80s, a better rain chance into next week. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast from the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Morning Y'all is sponsored by MUSC Health. Join a team that's changing what's possible. MUSC Health is hiring for all locations and various positions, including radiology, path and lab, maintenance, and a number of other professions. Find out more about the competitive pay rates and benefits or review a more comprehensive list of current openings at muschealth.org slash careers. MUSC Health, changing what's possible. Let's get your Friday news headlines. A new elementary school could be coming to Johns Island, but not everyone is excited. Traffic patterns and flooding are just a few of the concerns people who live there have specifically about its location. Anna Harris spoke with a few of them after they expressed those concerns to, to the Charleston County School District. Charleston County School District hopes to open a new elementary school off River Road for the 2024-25 school year. With multiple traffic fatalities happening here in the last few years, people are concerned that student safety is not a top priority. The district is planning to open a new school for grades 2 through 5 that will house 700 students. This results from neighboring schools like Angel Oak and Mount Zion Elementary being at or over capacity. In the most recent community meeting, the district presented updated plans that include a redesign of a roundabout, possible bell schedules for parents with kids attending multiple schools, and more. Courtney Morris-West, a lifelong Johns Island resident, says her property is dead center of where this new school will be located. She says two years ago, her daughter's car was totaled by a drunk driver off River Road. CPD says they've responded to three crashes involving deaths in the last five years on River Road. A concern Morris-West says local leaders need to take more seriously. They're going into this facility talking about now we're going to talk to the property owners, not before the fact. It's going to impact our property and our lives. They should ask that before they take the study to invest in these architects and these builders to do it. District officials say the approval process for this plan will take months. The county's design review board will have the first of three meetings for review on November 7th. On Johns Island, Anna Harris, Live 5 News. 
Well, the Berkeley County School District is continuing to work to accommodate the growing population in the area. Officials say new developments are quickly bringing in new families as well as students. And that's why roughly half of the school district's nearly $50 million budget for this year is dedicated to new construction. The district and board are also reconfiguring attendance lines to alleviate overcrowding temporarily. Another way they're trying to accommodate that growth is through a penny tax that will be on the ballot Tuesday. The district is asking voters to consider a one cent sales tax to fund school projects for the next seven years, which is expected to bring in $45 million a year and fund 15 large school projects. Included in the tax project uh, list are three new K through eight schools and expansion at three high schools and a middle school. Leaders say the district has more than 38,000 students and only expects that number to continue to grow. South Carolina State University is requiring all students to participate in sexual assault prevention training. The university is partnering with risk management company to provide those courses. Now the university's goal is to educate and empower students to better understand sexual violence and change their behaviors towards sexual assault, stalking, and domestic violence. Students who fail to complete the course will have a hold put on their account that will prevent students from participating in student organizations. Now, students now receiving emails with a link to complete that online training course, they're already receiving them. The number of vacant teacher jobs in South Carolina schools has been rising for the last few years, with more than 1,100 jobs open earlier this year. A new report goes beyond numbers to shed light on why so many teachers are leaving their jobs. It details responses from more than 500 South Carolina teachers who left their jobs at the end of the last school year. The report found more than half of those teachers were leaving the profession altogether, with some retiring and most taking a job in another industry. 43% of responding teachers were moving from one district to another. You could tell me that you would offer me $100,000 and I would still say that my mental health um, was worth more at the end of the day. Um, and I don't think I'm alone in saying that. This teacher exit survey includes responses from departing teachers in 10 of the state's 70 plus school districts. Well, we've seen some of our local leaders and those vying for roles in our state and federal government already at the polls. Yesterday, we saw Democratic nominee for governor Joe Cunningham. He voted in Mount Pleasant. And his message to voters was don't wait to cast that vote. We've seen several others at the polls, including Senator Tim Scott, Congresswoman Nancy Mace, and her opponent, Dr. Annie Andrews. We have not seen incumbent Governor Henry McMaster cast his ballot just yet. The South Carolina Election Commission says the state broke another single-day early voting record yesterday. A spokesman says nearly 50,000 ballots were cast Wednesday, and more than 383,000 people have voted early in person, while almost another 50,000 absentee ballots have been returned. Election officials say they expect pre-election day turnout to continue to rise, with just a few days left in early voting. Early voting in the state continues through tomorrow. Now, if you have not voted yet, a Charleston-based public transportation company wants to help get you to those polls on Election Day. Election Day is, of course, Tuesday, and CARTA is offering free rides to the polls. The company says this will allow people to easily and efficiently access their polling location. CARTA's director says since voting is among our most critical civic duties, he's happy to play a role, a small role, in helping people get there free of charge. For information on finding your polling location and the CARTA system map, just click on this story on live5news.com. 
One local free medical clinic on Johns Island that provides services for uninsured people is expanding. Yeah, previously the Barrier Islands Medical Clinic only served those living in surrounding neighborhoods or people who serve downtown Charleston's hospitality industry. Live Five's Lauren Quinlan joins us now. So Lauren, from what other areas will the clinic be accepting patients? Katie, Barrier Islands Free Medical Clinic is expanding its services to those who live or work in Megat, Ravenel, Hollywood, and Walterboro. About 1,000 patients enter the clinic annually to receive some of the many free services provided from gynecology to optometry. Medical Director David Petersheim says he wants to see more patients, and he believes they aren't full because people fear they won't be heard and might be judged for being uninsured. We are here because we know that we can figure out what's wrong. We can get them to the next steps that they need. We can help them start a medical home if they don't have one already. And we can uh, monitor them throughout their healing process for as long as they qualify for care. Besides living or working on Johns, James, or Wadmala Islands, Folly Beach, and those included in the expansion, there are a few more requirements that need to be met. You must be uninsured and also earn at or below 299% of the federal poverty line, which is just under a $40,000 salary per adult. The clinic is run by volunteers from the front desk staff to the physicians, all of which are trained medical professionals. Peter Symes says he's excited for the community to learn of their expansion and hopes to get more people in the door. The free clinic is open Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. and it's located at 3226 Maybank Highway Building C. If you're interested in learning any more information or becoming a patient, visit our website and click on this story. Reporting live on Johns Island, Lauren Quinlan, Live 5 News. Well, thanks so much, Lauren. A new $200 million project has already started construction in Somerville. Sawmill will sit at the corner of Berlin G. Myers Parkway and Highway 78. The project includes 474 apartment units, offices, restaurants, hotels, stores, and more, as well as a 40,000-square-foot Roper St. Francis facility. But not everybody in the area is excited about the new development. A Facebook post sharing those concerns gathered more than 400 comments highlighting issues like traffic problems, school enrollment, and housing availability. Construction on the health care facility and multifamily apartment units, that's set to begin early next year. A new multi-million dollar plan is underway in the city of Charleston that will help guide city council on how to make the area more resilient. That plan will be used to guide decisions regarding future flooding projects, zoning and development. The city says they're taking a foot and a half of sea level rise into account during the 25-year planning period. All this so they're ready for whatever Mother Nature throws their way. Now the city says they will have a draft plan by next summer and a final version to present to council by the end of the year. Three men were rescued by the U.S. Coast Guard station in Charleston after a 23-foot boat capsized east of the Charleston Harbor. A Good Samaritan contacted the Coast Guard around 7.30 yesterday morning, saying that three men were clinging to the overturned hull. According to a news release, crews pulled those men from the water and took them to emergency medical services at the Charleston station. None of those men's men reported any medical concerns. Celebrating a birthday today, actress Kathy Griffin is is 62. The Karate Kid himself, actor Ralph Macchio, is 61. Survivor host Jeff Probst is 61. Actor Matthew McConaughey is 53. 
Rapper and producer Sean Diddy Combs is 53, and actress Heather Tom from The Bold and the Beautiful is 47. Thanks for starting your morning with Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I hope you have a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday. Thanks for listening to Morning, y'all. Produced every weekday morning and sponsored by MUSC Health. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen anytime at live5news.com slash podcasts. And download the free Live 5 News app for your mobile device for the latest local news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.